This podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of the Coast Salish people. I express my gratitude to the Keitsi, Kwantlen, and Stolo nations and value the opportunity to learn, live, and share educational experiences from this traditional territory. This is the Fizz Edcast with your host, Nathan Horn. Hello and welcome back to the Phys Ed Cast. My name is Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com and thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. Today's a really special episode. It's a story that I think is so inspirational and one that I just wanted to share with everybody. My guest today is Megan Hale, a blind college student athlete who's breaking down barriers and leaping over hurdles. Born with Leber's congenital amaurosis, a rare eye condition that affects her retina, She does not let that get in the way of her love for sports. Finding a camp in Saratoga, New York called Camp Abilities, Megan found her calling and never looked back. She joined the high school track teams as a middle schooler and continued it through high school. Now she's working with the Capital Region Nordic Alliance and Microsoft Soundscape to make trail orienteering accessible for the blind. She's a recent graduate of Hudson Valley Community College and Megan earned her associate degree in physical education. She's now moving on to SUNY Brockport for her master's in adapted physical education. And Megan and her guide dog Hero show no signs of stopping yet. I first learned about Megan's story through a video that I saw posted on Facebook. I reached out to her knowing that it was a story that I just had to share with the physical education community. How incredible to think that somebody who was born blind is now able to become a physical education teacher and change the lives of so many other students all around the world. If you have a student with a disability in your class or you have a blind student in your class, this episode will have so much for you. If you don't, just listen and be inspired by the story of Megan and her passion for physical education. I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Megan Hale. Hi Megan, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad. Thank you so much for joining me on the Phys Ed cast. For those people that uh, that don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of a background into you? Sure. So I just recently graduated from Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York, with my degree in physical education. I'm also working towards my coaching certificate this summer. And in the fall, I'm headed towards to uh, SUNY Brockport to get my degree in adapted physical education. But um, on top of all that, I was also born with a rare eye condition called Leber's congenital amaurosis, which has left me legally blind throughout my years. So it's a, it's an, it's has been a strange ride to for, for, for many of my professors to see somebody who is blind going through the physical education field, but I love it. I've always loved sports and super excited to be continuing my education in physical education. 
Yeah, I think that's really exciting. And and one of the it's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you and feature you on the Phys Ed cast, because I think that your story, which we'll get into, is a really unique one. Certainly for me, it's the first that I'd heard of somebody who was vision impaired or, or legally blind that was going into the physical education field. So I'm sure we'll discuss that as we go along. What was physical education like for you as a young person growing up? What are your memories of physical education? So growing up, I had a phys ed teacher that I admired a lot. I wanted to be like her in every way. And, but it was, there was at times when they had me walking around the halls with a friend or my one-on-one aid that I had, or just doing some tiny sports on the sides, not really in the whole class. And when then I got older and they put me in the fitness room and it was just me and my aid. And I was like, Oh, that's all right. I don't want to get hit in the face with a dodgeball. And I just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. And then I, I found a camp my before, before my eighth grade year. And it's a sports camp called Camp Abilities for blind teens and adult teens and kids. And they basically just showed me that you could be blind and do sports. And I went back to the school and I joined the high school level track team as a high schooler or as a middle schooler and just continued it through high school and did my best to make sure I was in phys ed as much as I could. So some of the sports, like to this day, I have no idea how to play some of the sports just because a lot of the kids were introduced to them at a young age and I'm introduced to them at 15, 16. So it's like I little late for that but but yeah yeah it was so it sounds like you had like like a bit of a mix of there were some teachers that were able to integrate you within into the lesson fully but then maybe others that were giving you alternative things to do from your perspective like now going into the profession what do you think is the best way to approach if like you're a teacher listening to this, who starts their next school year in September and uh, one of their students arrives who is blind, like what advice do you have for teachers to help them get the best out of their students? So the, the best thing is obviously to ask the student like what they want to do. And with the, with like camp abilities, for example, they give us assessments So we're assessed the whole week on sports like track and field, five-a-side soccer, beat baseball, and just all these other sports. And they have the accommodation list that says, okay, the athlete needed this beat ball and just all these other accommodations. And that assessment is given to the phys ed teacher. So they have a sort of a framework to be like, okay, Megan needed this size beat ball and she is able to do track and field, but we're not going to have her do hurdles. So, so something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I, lo- I love that you said that just to ask the student, because I was actually listening to another podcast just last week. And it's, it's actually a podcast out of Australia um, called the Howie games. And he was interviewing a, a Paralympian. His name's Dylan Olcott, and he is a gold medalist in basketball, para basketball, as well as tennis. He's like the world's best wheelchair tennis player. And it was really interesting because 
his whole mission in his life right now as, a, as an athlete who has a platform is to advance the understanding of how people interact with people who have a disability. And he said, the greatest thing he said, which really opened my eyes up to it was he said, well, if you want to find out something about somebody, like if you have a friend and you want to find out something, you ask them. So why wouldn't you ask somebody who had a disability how best they like you can help them or how what what they prefer to happen so i think that's a really big thing and i'm glad you said that because i think sometimes i know for, for myself in in different schools that i've been in when i've had students who have a physical disability or a vision impairment it's that hesitance to want to ask for feeling like mm-hmm. you might offend by asking but i think from what you've said and, and from what I've, I've i listened to in that podcast i think the best thing to do is to ask. And I think then you start to open up that dialogue between yourself as the teacher and then the student as to how how best you can work together. Yeah, I think I wanted to ask you, you talked about the fact that you had some accommodations that can be that could be given to you through those assessments. So you mentioned you were born with this vision impairment. What mm-hmm. sort of vision do you have? Can you see shapes, colors? What can you see and what can't you see? So I have no peripheral vision and just to, cause I don't know what regular vision looks like, just to give you an idea, my like vision acuity is 2,400. Okay. So yeah, I'm really blind. Yeah. So to um, me, that number to me doesn't mean anything. So what, like, uh, uh, so, how, how could you explain that number? So the way I believe it's described is like anything that's 400 feet away for you looks like it's. 20 feet away from me or vice versa or something like that it's so what I, would like something that's close something that's close to me that that i could see that's close to me would be very far away f- for you yeah it'd be so like it's blurry and yeah i can't make out any details some people's faces like if they have a beard or a mustache or something i could make out that but yeah eye color I wouldn't be able to sure and I know that you have like you have a dog with you I do yeah what's the dog's name his name is hero hero what a great name and so how long have you and hero been been together we will be a official team for four years in August Oh, wow. So how did, like, how did that process start? Like when you were at, like when you were going to school as a young person in middle school, is that, did you and Hero together or or is that something that came later into your life? For Guiding Eyes for the Blind, which is where Hero was from, they have the minimum you can get a guide dog is at 16. And some places are younger, but this one's 16. And I grew up at a, they had a skills program for the blind and visually impaired near here called NAPA, National Association, or not National, Northeastern Association for the Blind in Albany. And so there was a worker that was there and she always brought in puppies because she was a puppy raiser for guiding eyes. And she always was like, are you going to get a dog yet? You're going to get a dog yet? I'm like, I'm 12. I'm not going to get a dog (laughs) yet. And so then when I did track, I found out that I was able to get a dog that would run with me. And I'm like, that's great. I don't have to rely on someone. I could just go and and just be free. And so when I turned 16, I was, I applied for my guide dog and on my 16th birthday, right on the dot, they walked into the door with Mr. Hero. That's incredible. What What a present to get on your birthday. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. It's so my then, Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I saw that in the video that you posted when you called the Lamborghini and I laughed, like, I laughed out loud at that one. So then in terms of like, when you do, you, you mentioned track, like when you participate in track, like heroes there with you and what other sort of like sports are you able to, to participate in with hero as a team? Unfortunately, because of when I got him, so you have a year to get together and then so that year we weren't able to run together and then COVID hit. <laughs> so we weren't able to actually get to do track together, but he went to a lot of my meets. I'm mainly a, a shot put and discus thrower. So he came to those things and helped me into the pit and sat there and looked his handsome, looked like his handsome <laughs> self there and just was able to guide me around and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So I guess like you mentioned that you're really interested in track and that, that you joined that track team when you're in middle school. Are there any other sort of like sports that you're like really passionate about that you've really enjoyed and that you, you know, hope to be able to participate in? I know COVID's been really difficult for everybody, yeah. but as things get back to a normality, what sort of things do you just like love to, to participate in? There is we'll go way over your time limit. Yeah. There is one sport that I've been doing for about a year now. And it's COVID has helped push that sport along for me because I was working at NABA and some people came and they're like, Hey, we have a blind intern. Would you want her to try out this sport? And they're like, sure. And then I just stuck with it forever since then. And it's trail orienteering. But Microsoft and the Capital Region Nordic Alliance here in Albany are working together and they're making it accessible for the blind. So I've been their test subject and I go through and verify all the orienteering trails and make sure they're safe and accessible for us blind individuals. That's great. That's incredible. So how does that work? What is Microsoft doing to make it more accessible? So Microsoft has this navigational app called Soundscape. And basically what they do is it's, it is a GPS and you have this, these sort of beacons that you look for. So say you want to go to the coffee shop and you can put the coffee shop in there and it'll give you a series of tones to head towards. So you want to like head towards a high pitched kind of sound. And it's a fun sound to listen for. And then when you get there, it goes da 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 da. So we have the same thing going on for trail orienteering, where we pull up a bunch of locations in the park and we have our participants listening for that high pitched sound. And then they go around and find flags. It's all virtual. So there's nothing for them to look for, which is nice. And they get to not only get to participate in the sport, but they also learn about the park as we, as they walk around. So it's, there'll be a flag near a statue or near the playhouse. And it'll say statue for Albany med, or you'll go around and it'll say playhouse. And so you're getting mobility in while also doing a sport. Yeah. It sounds incredible. It sounds like a really fun way to explore your local neighborhood it is it's i've enjoyed it yeah uh, it's it's interesting you say like that covid has presented that opportunity because i, I think 
for a lot of people, even for myself and the students that I teach, being stuck in your own neighborhood almost and only being able to get out into your own neighborhood. I know for myself, like I found a heap of trails within five minutes of my house that I didn't even know existed because I would just never have looked for them because I would normally just jump in the car and go somewhere else. Whereas now, especially when things were, were really locked down, you could only walk out of your house and find these different trails. And it's been a really, I think, a great thing for communities to be able to explore their local areas as well and find all these things. So it's great to see that Microsoft is trying to you know, make that accessible for people that are blind as well. Let's get onto your sort of physical education path. So you've just graduated from whereabouts? Hudson Valley Community College. It's okay, in and, Troy, New York. Yeah. And so you, what were you studying there? Physical education. Okay. And so now when you go to SUNY in Brockport, like what, what's that next step? So then there I'm studying adapted physical education. Okay. Okay. So you could, theoretically, you could like, you finished your, your physical education degree, you could go out and teach physical education. You, you're just choosing to go on and do additional qualifications in, in adaptive physical education. I believe I still need some more time with physical education. I don't think <laughs> I'm able to go out and I could, but yeah, yeah. I think maybe a few more years would be good. Okay. All right. So how long will that program, that adapted program be? So that would be two more years. And then if I really want to grad school. Okay. I've just graduated. Like I, I, did my undergraduate in Australia and I've just gone back and done my master's online over the last year and a half. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Thanks. I really enjoyed that, but definitely I don't know that I could have come straight out of, of undergrad and gone into grad school. I think it was for me, I needed to, to get out into the field a little bit and try it out in terms of that adapted. I guess the big question is what is your hope with going and doing this adapted program and then potentially going to grad school and, and getting out there into sort of the education field? Like what do you hope to be able to achieve as somebody who is blind and, and is going into the physical education field? Cause it's a unique situation. It's not something that you see a lot of. Yeah. So mostly my main goal is to be able to get more future Megans off of those sidelines, out of those fitness rooms and in, into the sport with everyone else. It, it may be teaching at a school district and, just teaching adapted phys ed, or it could be traveling around and doing things like this and just explaining to teachers that it is possible for a student with blindness or any disability to be involved in that sport. They just need few accommodations. And a lot of the times the kids like the accommodations. I know a lot of the kids love the beepers that I brought in. They would fight over them at times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to, to think of this concept of accommodations only being necessary for somebody who has a disability because all students, whether they have a disability or not, require accommodations to be successful. Like I think mm-hmm. a good teacher is able to look at every student that they have and differentiate and make those modifications to different activities or different games. If I'm looking at a class of kids and like the game's not working very well, I need to change something about that game to help the students to be successful. And so to be able to look at that idea of accommodations for students who have a disability in a similar way, whereas that is just something that is going to help that student 
be successful in that activity or that game. And it doesn't have to be this big thing that like completely derails the class. Because I feel like for a lot of teachers who maybe don't feel confident making accommodations for students, that it, it just becomes this fear and it becomes this thing of it's much easier just to put that student off in the fitness room, or it's much easier just to send that student to do something completely different because mm -hmm. I, as a teacher, don't know. So I think that, yeah, definitely spreading that message that we want all of our students to be successful and to be able to do that, we need to make accommodations for, for every single student that, that, that walks into our gym or that's in our class, whether they're blind, whether they are an amputee or have a learning dif difficulty or whether a student that comes into our class, we need to be able to accommodate to make sure that everybody can be successful. I guess to get a bit heavy, were there times growing up that being blind it was sort of like you felt like you couldn't participate in sport or that you felt like really left out or you feel you felt like this being a PE teacher wasn't going to be possible for you or you always had this feeling of this is what I want to do and, and this is the path that I want to I actually had that feeling quite recently. I did some observation hours for my coaching certificate and I observed the track and field team for Avril Park High School and I was watching they were starting their sectionals so oh, everybody's that's left is the best of the best. And yeah. the, I was watching the throwers because I was mainly a thrower. So I'm like, ah, that's something I can understand and I can give feedback on. But the people who are left are all spinners and I've never done spin. So I'm like, I have no idea how to do this. And it got a little frustrating for me because I wasn't able to give them feedback. I wasn't able to be like, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. You're off balance. It, it was just, I couldn't see it. And I fell into that pit of why am I doing this? I must be crazy. Who, whose bright idea was this? It wasn't mine. And so I just went home that day and I was like, I didn't, didn't feel good. And I went home and I did some searching around and I found some people who are blind that are coaches of wrestling and goalball and just all these other sports. And I'm like, okay, so we're out there. It's not, it's just not well known, but we're out there. I have this t-shirt that's neon green and it says, I'm blind. Can't you see? <laughs> and <laughs> I went in the next day and I wore that and I brought in some hand sanitizer and I brought in some of my tools that I use for track. And I'm like, this is what I need to do. So while the spinners were spinning, they did their half spins. And then I felt their ankle as they were spinning. And then I was able to say, okay, you're wobbly, you're jumping. And they were able to use that feedback. And then the head coach was able to be like, to pick up the nitty gritty of this stuff. But I was able to do that. And then I, him, my coach and I figured out this scale when I was throwing where the sector lines, so it makes a V. So yep. the right sector was one and the left was 10. So you had your scale one through 10 and wherever the shot or disc landed, the coach would say two, three, and then I knew where it was. So I'm like, this will be something fun for these athletes. So 
thank gosh for COVID because they all had their own masks. They just pulled up their, their mask and then they had yeah. an eye shade. And I brought out the beeper and they had to throw towards the beeper blindfolded and the coach shouted out what numbers they landed on and it turned into a battle of, aha, I got this number, you got that one. And, but it really helped them eventually because they needed to work on throwing towards a target. So it really, that really helped them to take away their vision and to have that sound and then being able to see that I was like, okay, I can do this. This is something I can do. And do you know what, what you've just explained to me, like, while, you know, that it's something that like, I think every teacher has those days where you like teach a lesson or you're coaching and you walk away and you go, what am I doing? This is not working. This is, this is, this was like the worst lesson ever, but then to be able to reflect and go, okay, like, how can we actually do this differently? And, and what you've just explained is, is great because you've now been able to provide feedback to those athletes in a way that they've probably never experienced from your perspective, from your unique situation. And potentially that feedback is even greater than some of the feedback that they may have received from a coach who wasn't blind and and didn't have those tools to use to be able to give them that feedback. Because now they're thinking about, like you said, sound, or they're thinking about how that actually feels in their body when they do that movement without that sense of sight. Yeah. I think while a lot of people could view the idea that, well, Megan, you're blind. Like, how can you give feedback to a thrower? Like you've been able to provide them with a completely different set of feedback based upon your experience as a thrower as well. Yeah. It's a, that's a great story. I really enjoy that one. I think as we, as you, you mentioned, you're wanting to make, get those other Megans out there um, off the sidelines. I think that's a really important thing because for all those young kids that, that are blind and think, you know, maybe this is not a possibility for me. Maybe I can't do this. I think it's always being able to see people like yourself and other people who are like them doing things like this shows people that it is possible for them to be a PE teacher or to be an athlete or to be a coach. Were there any, you mentioned like your PE teacher when you were younger, were there any other people that were like really inspirational to you and really showed you what was possible within the the physical education and sport field? So I would have to say the biggest one was Dr. Lauren Lieberman. She's the founder of Camp Abilities. So obviously she was a big influence for me and I get to, I'm excited to be able to work with her at Brockport. And it's that her camps that she developed are just amazing to be able to go and kids from that are eight years old to 18. And there's maybe 20, 30 of them. It depends on the camp you go to, but all of them, started out with believing that they couldn't be in sports and they leave that week knowing that they can with their assessments in hand. And there's, there's camps all over the world now. So it's just really inspiring and amazing to be able to talk with her and bounce ideas off of her and see all of the work that she's done and all of the blind athletes that she's inspired. Yeah, that's incredible. So you've mentioned Camp Abilities a few times. So is Camp Abilities only for blind blind students or is it the, does it serve other disabilities as well? It's for the blind and also individuals who are deafblind. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, it sounds incredible. I just pulled up the web the website just now as you were you were talking about it. And I'm just scrolling through and it's yeah, it looks incredible. And like you say, like all over like the United States, Bangladesh, Ireland, Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's definitely growing. So for those people that are listening, wherever you are in the world, definitely check out campabilities.org if you do have any students at your school who are who are vision impaired or blind and maybe if they're not aware of it put them in touch with that organization for sure i'm conscious of time megan and i I really thank you so much for for speaking with me today i always like to wrap up my podcast with three questions and i sent you i i cheated a little bit because i sent you the questions in advance (laughs) so you could think about them before i before i asked them but i'm going to ask you anyway so just give me a second and we'll we'll pull the questions up so the first question that I sent to you is what's something that most people don't know about you? So any like secret passions or skills that you have that is not commonly known about you? I have. So I'm a, I like to write. So a bunch, I have a few bunch of like short stories that I write up. That's something maybe some people will know, but <laughs> something that's like kind of unusual is that I'm also a published photographer. So I took a photography class my senior year of high school and got a bunch of my photos published in a few of the, our school's magazine, and they've been in a few at the National Federation of the Blind Convention in Vegas in 2019. So yeah, it's not common to hear that a blind person's a photographer. Blind photographer. Yeah. That's a new one for sure. Can we see any of these photos online anywhere? Are they available online anywhere? Are they posted somewhere? I think if you look up HVCC threads 2021 and 2020, they might be up there. All right. I'll see if I can search around. If I can find them, I'll put them in the show notes for this so people can check them out for sure. Nice one. All right. Question number two, you have a round trip and a time machine, so you can go forward or back in time. You can visit anywhere, anyone, where would you go? Would you, where, when would you go forward or back and who would you see? I would probably go back to, I don't really have a time stamp, but I would mainly go back to chat with um, someone, maybe like Helen Keller, okay. just to see what she's done in her life and how she's navigated blindness because when she was growing up obviously it was a completely different world it's just to be able to get that perspective as well Mm -hmm. for sure and interesting are there any just going off that like blind athletes that you look up to or follow or like I got a famous blind athlete. Like who, who is the, who's the Michael Jordan of the blind sports world? <laughs> I'd have to say the biggest thing that might be thrown around is Tom Panic, And okay. he's, he's the CEO of Guiding Eyes and he's okay. um, done a lot of marathon runs with his guide dog crew. Nice one. But I'll have to look him up as well. All right. And then the last question, this is the big one. You can have, you can either have a billboard that goes up in every city of the world, or you can have 60 seconds on TV with the whole world watching to share a message. So what is that message that would go on that billboard or that you would say on TV if you had the whole world's attention? Um, kind of just that you don't need vision to have vision and sports can be for anyone, young, old, disabled, not. And just the fact that you don't have to be afraid to include us, we can, we're able to be 
included in sports for the disabled community is growing. So we're not going away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm going to forward you the, I'm going to forward you the, the link to the podcast that I listened to with this Dylan Olcott guy, because I think you really will appreciate his perspective on, on disability. And he, he calls his disability, like his superpower. Like he said, if I didn't have this disability, my life wouldn't be as great as it is. I love the fact, like, I'm really excited to follow your journey now as you, you go into that adapted PE field. And I'd love to catch up with you again at some point in the future and see how that program's gone. And yeah, I challenge anyone who's listening, if you do have students who are vision impaired or blind in your school to think about ways that you can maybe include them more and maybe even put them in contact with people like Megan, who can share a little bit of your journey and inspire the next generation of our blind PE teachers, because I think it's, uh, it's great to have people like you going into the profession, Megan, and I, I really wish you the best of luck um, with the rest of your Thank studies you. and then with whatever path you, you choose to take after after you've done that. For people that do want to get in, in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you and, and get in touch with you? Probably through, I don't know, like Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a Facebook. Hero has a Facebook. Nice one. If I get you to send me the links for those and uh, I'll make sure to pass those on to anyone who, who's looking to uh, to reach out to you and find out a little bit more about you or uh, reach out to you for, for advice as well. I want to thank okay. you so much, Megan, for for taking your time to, to speak with me today. And okay. as I said, I wish you all the best with the continuation of your studies. And I really look forward to seeing what happens next in your journey to to change the world for, for blind physical education and for blind students. Thank you. <laughs> Megan's story is so inspiring and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to her today. I thoroughly enjoyed my time catching up with Megan. As I said, I saw a video of her on Facebook. I reached out to her and said, hey, would you like to come on the Phys Ed cast and chat? And she responded straight away and was keen for the idea. Since we recorded the episode, she's actually released her own YouTube channel. Um, as conversation, she realized that not a lot of people know about some of the accommodations that need to be made for blind students in physical education. So she's going to be using her YouTube channel as a platform to share that information and to show people the best way to help students who have a visual impairment in physical education. So I'm super excited to see where her YouTube channel goes. Um, I've included a link to her channel in the description to this episode. So if you're interested in finding out more about it or following that channel, I highly recommend it. Check it out in the show notes. Thank you again so much for listening to our episode today. If you have enjoyed this episode, just do me a favor and share it with one other person that you think might be interested in hearing it. I could ask you to rate and review and do all of those things that you hear on most podcasts. But I think the best thing to do is just talk to somebody about this episode, tell them about it, let them know that it's a good listen if you found it that way and share it with them. And that's the best way for us to be able to get this show out to more and more people. Thanks again. I've been Nathan Horn from iPhysEd.com and this has been the PhysEdcast. Cast.